You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. Today, Father Paul begins his discussion of Genesis chapter 22, correcting the common mistranslation, only son, while noting the passage's interconnection with the servant poems of Isaiah and later the New Testament. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Genesis chapter 22 is obviously a very central, important chapter which has impacted discussions and Jewish as well as Christian thought, which is the sacrifice of Isaac or, depending how you look at it, the sacrifice of Abraham. In other words, a sacrifice by Abraham of his son Isaac and very early in the text and it's not only the impression but the fact itself that it is God who asked Abraham to do that to test him as we hear after these things God tested Abraham he tried him and said to him Abraham and he said here am I, and he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Let's take some time regarding this only, which is very strange, if you hear it technically from our perspective, that already the text had mentioned Ishmael. How could Isaac be the only son? So there is a translation that is debatable and technically it does not capture the original. In the original we have Yahid. We are still, we still have it in Arabic as Wahid and we hear it in the Nicene Creed in Arabic, the unique son of God. And thus, it's important to understand it as unique rather than only. One of a kind. The Septuagint captured this very early, obviously. It's the first translation. And it opted for the Greek agapiton, most beloved, beloved. And all of us, especially the Christians and more importantly the Orthodox, are used to that because it's taken up in the New Testament and then in theology. The beloved, if you like. But here again, you know, if you go to this beloved and you start stressing the aspect of love on the basis of the Greek, it's as though the other one is not beloved. So it's really 
very important to stick with the original. Actually, the Greek says, ton agapiton on igapisas. In other words, it stressed twice the function of love, which is not at all to be found in the original. The original is more factual. For whatever reason, this son is special, one of a kind. That would be the best English translation. One of a kind. And you as hearer accept this immediately because of the way Isaac came about, you know, plus the fact that he was the one who was circumcised according to the rule of God on the eighth day and so on. And we don't need to go back to what we said earlier. Now, the Greek is not that strange because the text in the Hebrew after Yahid says, whom you love, which the Greek kept. But then it took that verb love and imposed it on the adjective it decided for. Okay. So it's very important to underscore that. Because if you take the Greek, you assume that it is the love of Abraham toward Isaac that makes Isaac special. Whereas in the Hebrew, you have still at least the option that the test would be on the basis of the love of Abraham towards Isaac because Isaac was special and one of a kind. Okay, I hope I made this clear that first you have the statement that he is your Yahid in Hebrew, Yahidaka, your one of a kind son, Isaac, whom you love, and that will be the test. Okay, because you can have a special child and whom you don't love, so it's easy to sacrifice. So the Hebrew allows at least a separation between the two statements, the love of Abraham and Isaac being a one of a kind. And go to the land of Moriah, which we have heard of earlier and offer him as a burnt offering. The Hebrew is very powerful because we have a noun and a verb from the same root. And make him go up, send him up, bring him up as something that goes up and that is the Hebrew for a burnt offering because if you offer something by burning it it disappears completely and it goes up into a smoke so the sound of the original is very important and very powerful we have the word holocaust in our languages that comes from the Greek holocaustos, 
but here you have Olocarpus in a full offering, a full fruit. But in the Hebrew, the stress is that it goes up totally in smoke. Now, why is this important? Later in the law, you hear about offerings where some parts thereof are kept by the priests. Whereas when you burn totally something, no one gets anything out of it. And it's the total complete sacrifice. And now you hear, I mean, the original, applying it to a human being who is your son. upon one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So already the first two verses bring a tremor in your being. <laughs> I mean, why would he do that? Now, if you add my special sauce that Isaac in Hebrew means he laughs, then you will never know what the author really is intending. He's testing you on precisely this big joke he had on you because you and your wife plan to have a son and you assume that by doing so it was the realization of God's hearing your prayer, Ishmael. But Isaac is a different ball game. And now when the hearer is ready to follow the story of Isaac as something special through whom the blessings are going to take place, suddenly he hears that God is asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, which is, I mean, if you're talking about a psychological crisis, you have it right there in the first verses. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut the wood for the burnt offering just for my general reader the verb cut here in Hebrew because you have a lot of verbs for instance to cut a covenant it's a different verb but here we have baka from which we have that famous word bika which is a spot it's like you make a hole in something. You remember the Bikah is the spot of water in the wilderness. So it's very interesting to hear it in the original. Now, you can't render it in the translations, but still in the original, the hearer can hear the connection with the test of Isaac and then the test of the people in the wilderness and then the Bikah where he appears to them in Ezekiel. So, Bikah, by the way, we heard for the first time in Genesis chapter 11 and we talked about that. So again, these extra footnotes, which are not footnotes, I give for my hearers in order to invite them to try to really give importance to the original for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Notice the repetition that he is following what God is planning. In other words, the whole story is according to God's will and God's plan. It's not that Abraham 
decided to test himself. He had his wife do extra exercises on the eighth month so that he would face the dilemma to choose between his wife and his unborn child <laughs> so that he could say, well, I made the decision. No. Again, God is always in control in scripture of the plan. On the third day, again, don't link it to the resurrection. The third day is functional that he walked two days and definitely a third day, meaning that he went the entire distance that he was supposed to go. And he saw the place afar off. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the ass, I and the lad. It's very important that in the Hebrew, the young men and the lad are from the same origin. We have the Na'ar, and that, I believe, is intended in order not to differentiate between uh, Isaac as an individual and the other human beings. So he is just a lad. In RSV, you have a differentiation between young men and lad. You cannot hear the connection. But in Hebrew, you have Wayomer Abraham el Naarau, his, and then plural Naarim, which is the plural of Naar. And I do this whenever I have the opportunity without pushing it to the extreme, but to remind my hearers that they have to make this effort to hear the original. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So it's something that is special between Abraham, Isaac, and God. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Very interesting, this text, which will be taken up by the New Testament through Isaiah. And that tells us that this text is based on Isaiah's suffering servant or vice versa. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing that he is carrying his own wood. Okay. You see, people always exalt the fathers that they saw this in Genesis 22. Are you kidding me? They saw it via the New Testament. <laughs> you cannot see it directly. The issue of the wood. You have to read the Old Testament, how it was used in the New Testament to apply it to Jesus Christ, never directly. Hmm? Like when Paul says, cursed is the one who is hung on the wood, on the tree, Luke in Acts plays on the wood and so Okay, But it's important to realize that we have this in the original that it is Isaac that is carrying the wood. It is similar to not offering oneself as we like to speak about the suffering servant, but accepting the will of God. 
And I stress this because very often we like in theology to stress on our decision. You offer yourself, it's silly. No one does that. And Isaiah makes it clear in 53.10, and it was the good will of the Kia of the Lord Hafez to bruise him. And I say it time and again in all my books and in my podcasts. It's not you decide to offer yourself to God. No. Everything has to be according to the Evdokia of God. If it is not, then it's your will. It's not God's will. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.